Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. In 2014, a failed stand-up comic entered a contest called The Hunt for the Host. He did not win. Later, he was joined by an underperforming Oregon State fullback with a community college degree. These men, neither having earned the position and possessing no real skills, continue on as radio personalities. If you have nothing better to do on a Saturday morning, and if you can find them, maybe you can hear The Sinner and the Saint. Starring Luke Anderson. Get on, get on, uh, get on, uh, gentlemen's clubs. Oh, no, you like those? Oh, hey, I'm ready for Mickey Mouse. No, it is now. Evolved into that. And Will Darkens. Ear or eye? Where do you want it? On 1080 The Fan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, welcome back in. Hour two. If you missed anything from hour one, uh, podcast is at uh, 1080thefan.com for you. Let's swap tires podcast. Um, I was listening to you this past week on Dustin Cam, and when you had the um, number for the text line, you came out of a break, and the way you said it, you go, 55305. Yeah. I think you were a town, like it was a town proclamation. Yeah, town crier. Listen, you got to bring the energy on a morning show. Five, five, yeah. three, oh, five. Did you did you clip it for me? We can. We should. I think I could probably go find it. I got to remember which day, but yeah. What which day did you do it? I don't know. I got accused of having too much energy in the morning. I did Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with uh, with Cam. So Dusty was uh, taking a reg- regularly scheduled vacation. It was not a, a forced quarantine by any measure. It was sp- supposed to be spring break. So he's staying home with the kids. But yeah, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. But yeah, I was accused more than once of having too much energy for a morning show. Oh, wow. I know. I don't want to bring that. No. Nobody wants to have a bunch of energy in the morning. Uh, I mean, that's why you go to NPR. That's exactly right. I don't Not know. energy, it's info. 55305. Oh, Luke Anderson here five, to report five. on the sporting news. Nothing's going on. Hello, hello, I'd like to bring everybody in. Oh, I do have my countdown clock. I created a countdown clock for Dusty and Cam, which I thought was I thought was fun. I've got it pinned and saved here. What do you and mean what a I, countdown clock? So what I did was I took the uh the exact time in which the NBA announced that they would suspend the NBA season. I used that as the moment that sports stopped. Because mm. essentially after that, everything followed suit. And slowly uh, through Friday, everything was canceled. So if you go from 6.30 p.m. Pacific time, when the NBA announced that they would be suspending their season uh, indefinitely, 
It has been 16 days, 15 hours, 34 minutes, and 20 seconds that we have been without sports. And here we are still doing sports radio. Does Rudy Gobert still look like an a-hole? No. There, Scott Van Pelt, I think you and I talked about this, but Scott Van Pelt uh, had a picture of his family behind him, was on the Sports Center set, and was talking about how we may all want to thank Rudy Gobert for creating enough of a moment that they had to take action. If you found out that somebody was, let's say Kevin Durant, who's been diagnosed with COVID-19, who is not playing games. Let's say he was the first player to be diagnosed. You would go, oh, that's upsetting. Somebody that's not actually playing in NBA games is out there and, and has the coronavirus. There's a potential that this could be back. Or if it was Doris Burke, who, who just was diagnosed with COVID-19, is the first NBA person to do it. But because you have the video of Rudy Gobert kind of poking fun of it, at it, and um, as I heard from somebody that was kind in, of, well, let, the reason I say kind of is there was some, one of the media members that was in the room said that he did it in an act of solidarity with everybody going, hey, guys, I'm not afraid of you. I don't need you to be back that far, and then touched everything going, look, I'm not afraid of you, the media. So I think the video looks awful. Someone said, speculative, that the tone was actually a little bit more of solidarity with it, whatever it was. That combination of things and them getting ready to start a game when they did the testing, Rudy Gobert ends up, being patient zero and typhoid Mary, but without that, maybe there's a slower decision-making process. So in the end, you may want to go, hey, thanks, Rudy, for being such an oblivious fool. So in that here's moment. why I will disagree. I knew you would. That's why I played devil's advocate first, because I think I might you are the sinner, and I am, in fact, the same. That's true. Good point. Rudy Gobert would have been tested either way because before the game he was showing all the symptoms yep and the united states was finally on high alert mm -hmm. they were like oh whoa a professional athlete's showing all the symptoms he's about to go into a uh, closed area and sweat and speak all over people and touch things the fact that he did this i'm gonna use the air quotes act of solidarity with the reporters now, I would hope you're smart enough to understand that you have TV cameras on you and probably nobody's going to understand your act of solidarity unless, you know, you say it before <laughs> you do it. The clip I saw didn't have any audio. I, I never did find the one with the actual presser before it. It just was him touching everything, the right. video that is played again and again. See, now, if this was, in fact, an act of solidarity, what I would expect before that and before he peaced out and did a douchey thing and then left is to go, hey, and guys, I want to let you know, you're with us in this. We appreciate you. Just to let you know, uh, you know. I'm I, not afraid of you. I'm not afraid yeah. of you. You shouldn't be afraid of me. Let's get through this thing together. Tap, tap, tap. See you later. But if the you reason you can't that, put the audio there is because he's got that French accent. <laughs> I mean, you can't have that. And I think the kind of logic you're applying to this can be a bit faulty, too. Because what you're saying is. Wait, did you call my logic faulty? Well, I know. It's bringing a different perspective. Call, huh? Calling the kettle black. Trust me. Unbelievable. I got some, <laughs> I got some pretty uh, lofty logic over <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. But I think what you're saying is, and maybe this is Scott Van Pelt, you're just relaying it, yeah. is that he, uh, Van Pelt says, okay, look, if he didn't do this, it wouldn't have created an awareness. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't have created an event that we would have stuck in our minds that says like, Hey, don't do that. Right. Yeah. I don't know what that event was for like the AIDS crisis or whatever. And I'm sure there was one and I'm just not old enough and I don't know, but 
what it does is say that, okay, so then in a certain sense, we can champion this person. So then I can go back to every crappy thing that's really happened. I don't know that I would go that far. I could go back to every crappy thing that's ever happened in history and find the patient zero or the source and say, yeah, he was crappy, but, you know, he's kind of a champion of public service announcements. When Rudy Gobert did that, because this was a couple days before, I think it was the Monday of that week. He goes out and does the press and touches everything. Wednesday is when everything kind of hit the fan and they decided that they were going to suspend the NBA season um, and and do all of that. So if you don't have that moment, you don't have that decisive uh, uh, decision by the NBA. But the other thing is, I think on Monday of that week, a lot of people felt that way. Where, dude, this is all blown out of proportion. I might have been one of those people. And... I, I look back on this because I know that you thought I was being arrogant. We, we have a trip planned to go to Japan April 5th, and three weeks ago we were planning on going on that trip. But I was checking on a daily basis the CDC's recommendations. I mean, that's there was so much misinformation out there. There's two sources that I trusted, the World Health Organization and the CDC. Those were the only things that I was looking at because there's just a cloud of of opinions and and you know columns written about this is what i think is going to happen so you had to at some point shut out a lot of the noise i think in that moment rudy gobert may have been a little bit of a jerk but at the same time i think he was echoing what a lot of people thought and then for wednesday to come around and then to cancel the nba because he was in fact positive for the coronavirus i don't completely demonize him and he has, you know, offered to donate $500,000 after it. I don't know if Typhoid Mary donated anything uh, when she was, uh, you know, figured out to be the the source oh, of that a, epidemic. Isn't she a food worker? Yes, she was. I don't know how much she had to I'm donate just, back in 19, what, 50-something? Which you, one was it? I, 18 I, or 50s? I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know the whole remember. history of Typhoid Mary. But that you talk about patient zero. That's the, the person very emblematic of that. And again, I, I know people make mistakes. And, you know, eventually people will forgive Rudy Gobert for this. And I think most people actually already have yeah. for the most part. Because, you know, now when you look at it through the NBA, you know, everybody has it. Kevin Durant has it. So, you know, how the hell did he get in contact with Rudy Gobert? Well, he probably didn't. It's just, it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, it, it's just like, it's going to be hard for this guy to shake this. Yeah. Like ever from his career. Like this is really going to be something that defines him. And it kind of sucks, yep. but like you're saying, Rudy Gobert was kind of the moment America woke up and went, oh, crap, this is serious. Yep. And so every single time you mention Rudy Gobert outside of the reference of you and I who have, uh, you know, compared to the average person, a good amount of basketball knowledge, they will go, oh, yeah, it was that COVID-19 guy. Yep. That yep. sucks, man. Yeah, <laughs> It does, but, you know, it's... It is what it is, and this is you know the the world that we live in, and and the response has changed dramatically since um, since we initially thought of that. So, anyways, baseball has come out and said what things need to happen for them to resume the season, uh, what concessions they're willing to make if a season does happen. I think some of those are very interesting. So we'll talk about that next. You're listening to the Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Five is the fan text line. Um, we will get into uh, what to watch as our final segment, as we all do. Uh, looking for a uh, comedy series 
to start watching that is uh, lighthearted. Uh, my wife's like, oh, let's just watch something that's fun and not take it too seriously, just kind of family fun. I cannot find one. I don't know what the hell to watch. You said family fun? Yeah, family fun. So the kids you're thinking about? Well, we can put it on if they're in the in the room. Yeah, that's nothing too graphic or anything like that. Okay, I was going to suggest yeah. you Shrill Yeah. with A.D. Bryant from Saturday Night Live. We watched Shrill? Yeah, okay. <clears throat> it's pretty good. It's based in uh, Portland. Mm. Uh, it's filmed in Portland, but it's pretty crude. It's really funny, though. Is it graphic? Yeah, there's scenes of people having sex. Eh, okay. Well, uh, shrewd, and it's on what? No, uh, shrill. Shrill. Sorry. It's on Hulu. Hulu. Okay. Uh, five five three zero five. If you got anything that's uh, family friendly, uh, but funny for adults, is what we're kind of looking for. Yeah. It's a hard, I don't it's think a, it's, a, it's a, yeah no it's a weird it's a weird spot because with the streaming services they're like sweet we can show uh, all the nudity and uh, drop in some f bombs sweet. Have you ever watched The Office? Yeah, we watched through The Office. We might just have to do it again because uh, I don't, I haven't memorized every word of The Office like most Office fans, which I think puts me a little bit behind. Question. I will say there was a montage of Jim's pranks on uh, Dwight, and uh, that is fantastic. I would have to say my favorite moment of The Office still today, and if I see it on Comedy Central, I still laugh when I see it, is um, when. Uh, Todd Packer, their traveling salesperson, comes in, and they have to have an HR talk about sexual harassment. And at the end, Michael gives this really big speech about it, uh, something about Phyllis. And then he comes over, and he starts saying, like, I think Phyllis is just beautiful, just just beautiful looking. And Phyllis goes, Michael, you don't have to worry. I'm not going to report you to HR. And he goes, you know what? The only thing I'm worried about is getting a boner. <laughs> And it just goes dead quiet. And every time I watch that, I still laugh about it. And then he, like, taps her on the shoulder and just walks off. The the funniest moment for me from The Office, uh, especially re revolving around one of the pranks, is when Dwight goes, yeah, and Jim made me hit myself in the face with my own phone. And I'm like, wait, what? And then Jim goes, yeah, this one was pretty elaborate. I put a nickel in his phone every day, so it just changed slightly. And then one day I took them all out. Sure. And there's no visual to it. Yeah. It's just, and I just the, took the, all out. the orchestration of that. That cracks me up. Somebody uh, is suggesting you should watch Family Matters. Family Matters. Now you're talking. Is Full House still available as well? Yeah, the original Full House. Now, this is probably going to be an unpopular opinion. I, I'd like to watch a new show if there's one out there. I don't know that there is. but Now, if you watch Full House, it is like excruciating to watch now. Sure. Because it is really effing corny. Yeah, super corny. Like, it, like I, I know as a kid, you're a little bit uh, more, you know, you're a little bit caught more unawares about it because yeah. you just don't know yet. And, you know, you're getting exposed to media and, you know, uh, they display what you think in your head is the perfect family or the ideal family. Yeah. And so you just roll with it. But then once you have enough life experiences, like you, you start a family or you've been through all the crap with your own family, you watch it and you go... Oh, how much cheese is getting poured <laughs> on this crap? Well, the other thing, too, that you see is um, Family Matters. Did you watch Family? Because it used to be Full House Family Matters were all part of TGIF. TGIF. Baby. Boy Meets World was in that, too. Love Boy Meets World. I don't remember Boy Meets World. That must have been later to the end. Step by Step. Step by Step was in there, too. Uh, now, wait, was Step by Step? Perfect Strange. I thought it's Perfect Strangers, Step by Step, Full House, Family Matters was the original. Boy Meets World would have had to come in much later. Step by step was Alan Thick, right? 
No, that was Growing Pains. Oh, okay. Uh, Suzanne Summers. Okay, all right. Was, uh, I, I get all of my uh, upper middle class white suburban from, sitcoms from mixed Alfred. up. Yes. It's, That's it's hard. They're Fair all enough. the same. The problem with Family Matters is they were the black family in that lineup, and they had a show that you know they tried to address family situations and they they would address race from time to time and the dad was a cop and also the cop in die hard which is important to remember um but the problem because was, otherwise how the hell do you know who he is the problem was steve urkel was so popular that that show got really strange where he's building time machines and cloning himself it turned into the weirdest gimmicky show but if you watch the early episodes of it it was just like hey we're just doing a family comedy that revolves around a black black family and we're, we'll talk to, about things that really matters and it was wasn't the cosby show but it was you know it was let's address some real things that happen in life and then it was like ah people love urkel let's just go with that and make it absolutely ridiculous well i think that's the hard part about being a showrunner you know like, you have to think of ideas that, for the most part, follow a similar structure to other shows because almost every idea has ever been done and almost every story has an arc that is similar to sure. stories before it. But what makes a successful show is if you have a dynamic character, a dynamic personality that can push the story in their own unique way, right? Yep. Steve Urkel's really not that dynamic. He's just, like, this totally inflated nerd well, he wasn't originally, but he then they, literally they like just it. like he is nerd being poured out of a pitcher into a glass of television. Just like he is the embodiment of nerd. Yes, but originally he was the wacky neighbor and a little bit nerdy. And then they went, oh, he's the star of the show. It, it basically feels like that conversation when the executive comes in and goes, we need more Urkel. We need him in wackier situations. He's now the star of the show. The family is secondary. Everything needs to be focused on this. And the showrunner went. Ah, listen, I can't do this. I need this to be about that. And they just went, you're fired. Bring in somebody else. Do this is what happened to that show. It went sideways towards the end. Just my opinion. Somebody else also suggesting Seinfeld if you haven't watched it. My wife has never really watched Seinfeld, and she has an aversion to Louis, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus where she doesn't even watch. We were talking about starting a beat. I know. I know. We were going to start Veep, and she went, eh, I don't really care for her. So... Dude, I'm, Elaine is my her. favorite character in Seinfeld. She's friggin' hilarious. She's an a-hole. You don't need to convince me. I am not the person you need to convince on this. I'm just telling you that my wife eh, doesn't love her. Here's the tricky thing. But she's never watched Seinfeld, so yeah. how do you how do you have that opinion? The sure. one I can't get into, and this might be controversy, Curb Your Enthusiasm. I cannot get into that show. I cannot make it through an episode of that show. There's something about the pacing of it and the, the way that it's produced where I'm just like, I can't do it. So maybe that maybe that's a maybe the issue isn't with television. It's with me and my spouse. I don't know. Sam the mailman is making a very good point that um, Topanga was uh, in my mind many times during uh, shower time uh, for Boy Meets World. I don't understand what that means. Isn't there so, an actress? Topanga was hot. Yes, I understand. Like I, super hot. Like it, she was like high school hot. Isn't there now a uh, actress from like, that really show? Hot. I understand. Isn't there an actress from that show that is now a um, adult film star? Oh, probably. Yeah. So. I mean, I would like to see Topanga. the statistics of how many people per people you know, you know, whatever percentage that is, Ooh. work in the adult film industry, ah. like on average for everyday Americans. Huh. Like, what is the what is the percentage of Americans that one individual will know 
has worked in adult films. Ooh, like like how often in your life do you come like across a murderer? The percentage of people that you have met and yeah. had extensive conversations with that are not, uh, you know, whatever, five percent have worked in adult films. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's like how many times in your life have you interacted with somebody that's murdered someone? Gosh, I wish I knew that. Yeah. Now, if I had to, God. Getting suggestions for Charles in Charge. Not really contemporary shows. I wonder if I can find dinosaurs somewhere. Do you remember that show? Oh, that show. <laughs> I watched that show high in college once. I'll Never bet you again. did. I'll Terrible. Live action dinosaurs walking around. Actually, my buddy and I, this does make me think about it. I'm having an acid flashback. So my buddy and I, we uh, partook in some marijuana in college one time. I don't think it's an acid flashback if you're just on the marijuanas. Let me finish. Okay. We were sitting watching TV, and uh, at this particular time, we had we had enjoyed possibly too much. Perhaps. We turned the TV on, and Family Matters was on. Okay. And there was this scene where they were in a cabin, but the roof somehow, I can't tell you why or how, had been blown off. Sure. And it was snowing. Probably some one of Urkel's wacky experiments. Perhaps. I was trying to save the world. Snowing inside of this cabin. And my friend, who will remain nameless, who I played football with, who to this day I've been actually been texting about this because we were laughing about it, freaked out. And I go, what's wrong with you? He goes, well, I need to go home. And I go, well, why do you need to go home? He goes, because that's not right. And he points at the TV. And it's the scene where they're having this normal conversation and the roof is just completely exposed. (laughs) It looks like a winter wonderland snowing a bunch out there and he couldn't take it i hope that's not a real episode and you both imagined it together no that's a real episode i'm hoping i'm pretty sure that's a real episode i swear that happened all right uh let's get into some play-by-play we didn't get into the uh we didn't get into major league baseball there um so there you have how many more ways can we say they're screwed right well here's what i'll do it very quickly (laughs) well actually let's do it as a sports center update oh you want to do it that's you then for the win put out a bracket for you to vote on uh, that broke down your favorite broadcasters they broke it up into four different regions you had your play-by-play sideline pundits and analysts I don't know if this is that big of an upset but a four seed won the whole thing out of the play-by-play bracket and your winner is Al Michaels. Performance was based on voting. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So Al Michaels is uh, your favorite uh, sports broadcaster. Uh, Aaron Andrews, uh, the one seed in the sideline uh, bracket, took on Al Michaels for the championship. Whoa. And Michaels ran away with Aaron it. Aaron Andrews got one? She was a one seed in the sideline reporters. Dude, throw Michelle Tafoya up there. Well, I'll tell you. Let's see where uh, old Michelle Tafoya was. Whoa. Oh, see, this is where it's up. Not Michelle even on Tafoya, there, huh? not even, I don't even see her on there. See, that's BS. Yeah, okay. Well, then we'll just throw I this. I think Michelle Tafoya is the perfect mix of being able to relay information, be a true reporter, while still serving her purpose, which is, hey, this whole staff is dudes. We need a woman in here. Yeah. Aaron There's Andrews, Michelle. your one seed. Maria Taylor, your two seed. Pam Oliver, your three seed. David Faraday, your four seed. Five seed was Tom Rinaldi. Uh, six Ooh, seed. I throw Tom up there higher. 
Yeah. Uh, and who's the woman from ESPN again? She was like two. Maria go? Taylor. Maria Ta- yeah, Maria Taylor, I'd throw up higher too. Uh, Tra- I-, I might even put Maria Taylor one. She's, well, she's two seed. Tracy Wolfson uh, was a six seed. Your seven seed was uh, Lisa Salters. And uh, Holly Rowe, your eight seed. What about, uh, um, you, also, you also had a pundits. Uh, the winner of your pundit bracket was Dan Lebetard. Uh, he was a five seed. Now, what is a uh, pundit? Steve C. Uh, Stephen A. Smith. Uh, these, these are talking heads. Uh, like Stephen, A's, Stephen A. Smith. Yes, we would be pundits. Stephen A. Smith was your one seed. He was upset on by list? eight seed Colin Cowherd. Were we on the list? Uh, I was a six seed. I was a little disappointed with that. Where was I? Uh, you didn't make them. I didn't make them. Mm. Uh, and out of the analyst, uh, analyst side of the bracket, uh, Tony Romo, your winner. Yeah, that's easy. Okay. Now that's all sports, right? That is. These are all. Yes, of all sports. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah. Tony Romo, huh? Yep. So now play by play, I'm surprised Kevin Harlan didn't get higher. Uh, Kevin Harlan was a five seed, and uh, he took on Michaels in the first round. That was a tough matchup. See, I think that's kind of BS too, yeah, because well. I think it's those two, one and two. I, I really do in terms of play by play. Think of all the other play by play guys you have out there. Breen sucks. He he's yeah. literally just white noise. Yep. Um, you know, Joe Buck is Joe Buck. Joe Buck, two seed, Jim Nancher, oh, one seed. See, that's bull crap. Mike Joe Breen, Buck is a five. Mike Breen, three seed. Ah. I know. And then Al Michaels four, Kevin Harlan five. What the hell? Gus is this? Johnson was a six seed. This is for the win. I would like to make two submissions that did not make it onto this. We did this earlier in the week when I was filling in with Dusty and Cam. Uh Josh Lewin. Oh, well, this all started with Joe Buck. Joe Buck offered to do at-home broadcasting. You send him a video. Joe Buck, I will tell you right now, was terrible. I looked at some more videos that he did this week. Joe Buck is mailing it in. He's not doing a good job broadcasting these. There are two guys that I now love that need to be on this bracket. One is Josh Lewin, who is the play-by-play man for UCLA football, basketball, and uh, calls games for the Boston Red Sox. And Josh Lewin has been at home. I'll let you pick your favorite, uh, Will, of the Josh Loon clips because these are fantastic. Will you join me live outside St. Nicholas Church and it's pigeon dressage that has our attention for the next few moments. Uh, And our focus is drawn to this man, runner-up last year, of course, and hoping this year to go one better and claim top spot. And you can tell he's been preparing for this for a long time. He's got two standard legs and and all of his toes, so vastly unlike most of the crackhead pigeons you see around these parts. And you can see how keen he is to disassociate himself from the rest, but occasionally blending in momentarily as they feast on, is it rice, seed, probably vomit, what comes up must go down. Disgusting. <laughs> that was not Judge Lewin. That was Nick Heath, who is now my all-time Judge. favorite. Uh, Nick Heath is is broadcasting live. He's just sitting there with his iPhone standing behind it, broadcasting a big flock of pigeons sitting around eating. Could be rice. Could be seed. It's probably vomit. What goes up must go it's Fantastic. All um, right. I got a Judge Lewin one okay. for you, and this one is uh, for play-by-playing a commercial. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, daytime television commercials with Josh Lewin. Judge Judy Marathon underway in the omnipresent M. Gallaty commercial is on. This one featuring the caring mom and daughter who should be maybe five to participate in these upcoming wacky shenanigans. But the casting director has made a curious call to cast someone closer to 12. Sneaking by the dragon, possibly on the way to junior prom. They will leap. They will stick the landing. Giggling in bed together. Mom not worried at all about her intermittent migraines anymore. Crown in place. High fives exchanged. A mother-daughter moment. Checking the graphics. 60% success against 39 
99% who took the placebo. Marching back upstairs now. And, oh, they've got the dog involved. This is hilarious. This is effective. Everyone loves M. Gality, otherwise known as Galcon Ezumab. <laughs> Judge. Oh, Josh Lewin is uh, getting more and more bored. He also has play-by-play -play of a palm tree. I don't know if you have that one up, but that one delighted me. Here's uh, Josh, no one Josh Lewin uh, just looking at a palm tree across the street and broadcasting play-by-play. No one allowed on the beach in California, so we look across the street to focus on this 18-foot palm tree. Note the standard number of fronds. We label them one through seven going left to right. Wind out of the south at eight miles an hour. Nice start for frond number two. A gentle sway left to right. A little pickup now on the far side of the tree with frond number six in a bit of a shimmy. And oh, look at the push from number five right now. Undulating branch. Leaves all leaning out wistfully as if to invite us into the dance. This is nature. This is textbook. Get outdoors. Bored out of your skull. Videotape a palm tree. Nature! <laughs> I think that perfectly sums up how I feel about three o'clock every day at home during COVID-19. Josh Lewin, you are my new favorite sports broadcast. Well, not sports broadcaster. Uh, life broadcaster. Life broadcaster. Uh, Josh Lewin, if you haven't uh, discovered him on Twitter, there are tons more and they are pretty fantastic. I think also one of the interesting things that you can just tell with that, that I've always thought in uh, comparison to American play-by-play -play broadcasters and European, mm -hmm. is that Europeans like to fill up more air i've got one more with nick heath that i sent over to you do you have the bees pollinating the flowers all right here's here's nick heath one more from our uh, english comrade uh, uh nick heath well, you join me live for the Honey Harvest Marathon and the competition this year as intense as ever. We've had the A-League event. This is the B team and they're, well, absolutely buzzing to be back. Many of us limited, of course, on filling our boots at the shops. But, well, these guys are really going for it. Pollen after pollen, flower after flower. And my goodness, there are quite a lot of them, aren't there? Um, I'm not insured against an anaphylactic shock. Oh, God. <laughs> the B jokes at the beginning are terrible, but the realization that he's not insured against anaphylactic shock amuses me to no end but you know what i mean though right with yeah. like europeans like sure. they, they fill air to make it more like a conversation where the american play-by-play -play guys it's more like they it's more like they are in fact relaying news to you yeah. which is interesting because more like with with nick it was more like I'm just sitting in the room with him and we're talking about it and he's just kind of explaining a few things. Sure. Well, there's also an element and you can hear it in Lewin's too, that there's, there's a different cadence for a baseball broadcast too. If you've mm. ever listened to Vin Scully, there is a, a exchange between storytelling and keeping up on what's happening in it because baseball does not have as much action. Whereas especially for television broadcasts with football, it's, there's what just happened. We'll get over to our analysis now, and then we'll go back to the next play. More there's moving a, parts. Well, there's but there's also a certain uh, rhythm to it where in, in baseball, uh, you don't know at any time action can start or you can just, you know, move on to the next pitch. So, you know, I don't know how many, what the percentage of pitches that are swung at or put in play is necessarily, but you kind of have to be ready at any moment to jump into some action in baseball, but you also have to be ready to go back to your story as well, so. Anyways, uh, those are two things that I really enjoyed. Uh, we will tell you what we are watching, and uh, hopefully you can tell me what to watch. Uh, next, it's What to Watch, Sinner and Saint on 1080 The Fan. <laughs>
Which is the most exciting matchup in the field of competition? Which game will leave you kicking yourself if you miss it? Which channel should you switch to when the sporting day is gone? Welcome to America's most exciting sports talk radio show segment. It's time for What to Watch. Presented by Encore Audio Video. Now hear this. Whether you're looking for a new TV or a custom home theater, start at Encore's showroom at 14th and Everett in the Pearl. Now our expert panel, avid television viewer Will Darkins. And increasingly out-of-touch father of twin girls, Luke Anderson. Are here to tell you what to watch. Literally, it's what to watch on The Sinner and the Saint. On 1080 The Fan. Welcome back in our final segment is always what to watch. Normally we tell you what to watch in sports, but um, <laughs> there will be none of that. Do we actually weekend. normally do that? Yeah, we usually we start with going, uh, hey, here's a game that's being played. What are you watching for in the game? It's how we used to do it. I know it's been a long time since we've had sports, Will. Um, but yeah, that's what we used to do. Now we're kind of relegated to this. Surprisingly, my wife and I have not been watching much of anything since we've been kind of locked up and everybody keeps saying that they're watching a lot more TV and the Tiger King or whatever the hell that thing is on Netflix. I watched about three episodes and lost interest. Yeah, it doesn't appeal to me uh, all that much. Yeah, I mean, I, know, I get it. You know, it's pretty ridiculous. But at the end of the day, I don't know. It's just some dude with tigers. Okay. So I don't need to worry about Tiger King. I appreciate that recommendation. You already recommended Shrill to me. Uh, somebody else also mentioned The Lion Guard. Uh, they watch it with their four-year-old. Now they're stuck being a fan. Um, but I like this. I was... There was a comment. I think it was John Oliver made it. He said America's favorite TV show is spending 46 minutes scanning through the Netflix menu and then not deciding on anything to watch, which I thought was hilarious. And then I did that yesterday uh, and realized that Jeopardy is actually on there. So somebody on the fan text line said that they've been watching Jeopardy reruns on Netflix and memorizing the answers. That made me laugh. Uh, so I don't know what I'm watching. Will, what are you watching? Another good one to suggest for you if you're into docuseries. Uh, well, actually, it's not a docuseries. Well, I guess it is. It's just separate cases uh, called Dirty Money yeah. on Netflix. And it basically just examines certain cases around the world that kind of puts more of a focus on the United States of... Uh, people being super corrupt when it comes to money. Uh, uh, they talked about Jared Kushner and uh, his whole hotel. They, or I'm sorry, the whole uh, thing he had with that building in downtown New York. They had one about pharmaceuticals. Yeah. They, like they have a bunch of them. They're, those are really, really interesting. Dirty money. Okay. Dirty money is a really good one. And then. It uh, sounds like rotten. Uh, it's the food one. Have you watched that? Uh, no. It talks about how, how difficult it is. Uh, to trust the honey that you get, how much water is wasted on avocados around the world. It's, Rotten is really good. I, I watched, I think, most of that. There may be a couple episodes I haven't gotten to, but you should watch Rotten if you like Dirty Money. Now, I have to admit this because I'm watching it. I am watching the entire series of Girls. Are you? I am. Is it good? It's actually kind of funny. Okay. Uh, it's actually kind of funny because I started watching it after we were doing the, uh, the Lion King thing or Tiger King, whatever. Tiger, yeah. And Lion King different. Again, I just, I couldn't get into it because I kind of just was looking at it and I go, yeah, that's that. Yeah. 
Like, there wasn't much depth to it. Sure. It was just like, yeah, yeah this guy's a psychopath that owns tigers and probably killed somebody. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the other one was, I watched that series, uh, Cheer. Don't know Cheer. So there's a, there's Not a, Cheers. No, just Cheer. It's about cheerleaders huh. in this Texas town. And that thing's friggin' intense. It made me feel like a, a you-know-what when it comes to being a football player with injuries. Dude, oh, those yeah. people play through some insane stuff. Huh. All right, well, that might be like Friday Night Lights for cheerleading. Uh, don't yeah. watch. I can Intense. tell you not to watch Avenue 5 on uh, HBO. There's a lot of people that are like, oh, I know a ton of people in this series. It is terrible, terrible television. Tried watching that. Uh, don't. So, um, all right, well, there's a. Somebody's super pissed on the text sign about? that I just trashed on the Tiger King. I, people are insane about it. Well, now the expectations have been set at such a lofty height that uh, that if I watch it, I'm going to be disappointed is how I feel. But, yeah, people just praising it. My wife and I have both kind of gone, eh, we don't need to jump on that train. To me, it's just Oklahoma trash. Yeah. Keep, uh, keep the fan on. We're going to transport you back in time. So 2014. Marcus Mariota and your Oregon Ducks hosting Michigan State. That's kind of when people found out that, uh, what did you say? Marcus Mariota's pretty good. He's like super good at football. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the kind of uh, early season of his Heisman campaign. Uh, you can listen to that right here on 1080 The Fan. Uh, have a great time. We are, are breaking a minute early. But I thought you said 5540. 56.50. Ah, well. Damn you. What are you talking about? Damn me. You need to be speak clear. You said. I told you. No, you said 55.60, not 56. This 56. has to be literally what? the third time this has happened. No, it's not. See, now we're, we're getting closer. We're getting there. See, now we have 40 seconds left. You got a bunch of sounders you can drop in there. You could have played another uh, play by play. Uh, I don't. Life. I don't. I just, I, no catch. Okay. I didn't send 5540 back to you. You didn't listen. Yes, I definitely did. Now, how would I adjust? Well, oh, I've got to choke down on my club a I'm a professional bit. radio broadcaster. So I'm trying to overcome this. I do recommend you move it around. How to make a golf course harder. One way is to add length. You can tell that you listen to that show more than you listen to this show. If you've, you've got a young golfer in the family. Way more drops for them. All right. That's it. We're done. Keep it right here on The Fan for Ducks football. Everybody have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Did they find my ball? Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.